Welcome, it's indisputable, I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you, we have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Sharon Reed, news anchor, contributor and host and commentator, Rebel HQ superstar. Should be a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, it's on and popping. Nikki Haley is running for president of the United States, former ambassador under Donald Trump. Also, Tim Sellout Scott may be running for president as well. I got some video of the former governor, Ms. Haley, and her fascination with the Confederate flag. Let me start with the video, here it is. The railroad tracks divided the town by race. I was the proud daughter of Indian immigrants, not black, not white, I was different. But my mom would always say your job is not to focus on the differences, but the similarities. And my parents reminded me and my siblings every day how blessed we were to live in America. Some look at our past as evidence that America's founding principles are bad. They say the promise of freedom is just made up. Some think our ideas are not just wrong, but racist and evil. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have seen evil. In China, they commit genocide. In Iran, they murder their own people for challenging the government. Uh, yeah, they murder people here in America for challenging the government too. The police are governmental entities. When a cop kills an unarmed person, that is the government killing a human being. It is ironic that Ms. Haley has decided to go the race route while denying racism in America exists. Remember, she talked about uh, the founding principles, that somehow people believe that the founding principles of this country are evil. Well, they are. This country was founded on the idea that you can own people. This country was founded upon the idea that only white men who own property could participate in democracy. This country was founded on the idea that the hierarchy of humanity can be determined and categorized by man and not by God. You know, when it talks about all men are created equal, they were talking about white men who own property. She also said she's an Indian immigrant. Indian immigrant, not black, not white, but different. Isn't that ironic? Madam, do you understand what this means? Do you understand you are denying a reality that existed against your own ancestors, a reality that you have decided to turn your back to in order to affix yourself to a narrative of power. You think this is your route, well, good for you. Now, she's probably going to tell people, hey, I'm the person that was against racism and against the Confederate flag. I'm the governor who stood strong. Really? You interviewed with Sons of the Confederate, KKK Light. 
Sons of the Confederate posed this question. Here it is. We'd like to know what your position is on the Confederate flag. You know, I feel like it's been resolved to the best of its ability. I mean, I wasn't here when they actually went through and did the negotiations. I understand that it was brutal, but I think that they came up with the best solution we're going to hope for. You know, what people need to, what I tend to look at as the practical side of the matter is, you know, you had two thirds, it takes two thirds of the House and two thirds of the Senate to change that. That's not going to happen. I think right now, the Confederate flag, where it is, is where the legislature is comfortable with it. I think that, you know, there was a compromise among the state on where it should be. And so it's not something I see as a priority right now. I think right now we need to be focusing on jobs and our economy and our education. You know, for those groups that come in and say they have issues with the Confederate flag, I will work to talk to them about it. I will work and talk to them about the heritage and how this is not something that is racist. This is something that is a tradition that people feel proud of. Ah, okay. She says the Confederate flag is not racist. It is a tradition, a heritage, something they should feel proud of. And if anybody has an issue with it, I will endeavor to have a conversation with them about the heritage of the Confederate flag is what she has proffered. Now, keep in mind, the Confederate flag represents treason, treason against the United States government. Those who were involved were antithetical to the progression of this country. They committed acts of domestic terrorism. They have now been deemed to be on the wrong side of history, morally, ethically, politically, but somehow they continue to have influence and power over politicians. Well, why are these things important? It goes down to mindset. Mindset, your personal ideology always permeates into your public political policy. When posed the question about the Confederate flag, remember she says it's not about race, it's really just about history. Here's the second part of that interview. You just support a Confederate history month in this state. Um, I mean, yes, it's part of a traditional, you know, it's part of tradition. And so when you look at that, if you have the same as you have Black History Month and you have Confederate History Month and all of those, as long as it's done where um, it is in a positive way and not in a negative way, and it doesn't go to harm anyone. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I mean, the, the Klan is part of American tradition too. Can the Klan make a similar argument? Why not make a Klan's month, KKK month? It's part of tradition. Do you not find it ironic that she says Confederate month? Hmm, nothing to do with race, just heritage, kind of like Black History Month. Madam, do you not realize when you just compared it to Black History Month, you have now said that Confederate History Month is in fact White History Month? You're not thinking. There's more. All right, um, the good. Former governor, former ambassador uh, is going to run for president. The Washington establishment has failed, she says, has failed us over and over again. Remember, she was part of that Washington establishment. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border and strengthen our country. She's going back to Newt Gingrich talking points. Haley, who was expected to deliver remarks Wednesday in Charleston at the campaign launch event said in the video, Haley served as US ambassador to the United Nations under Donald Trump. The former president who announced his bid last year recently appeared to bless her entrance into the race, telling reporters 
that she had called to tell him she was considering a campaign launch and that he said, you should do it. Now, naturally, he's throwing shade on that. Uh, let's go to uh, Senator Tim Scott, okay? They have really hyped his head up. So Senator Tim Scott, he's now contemplating running. He's going to run, all right? Make no mistake about it. Tim Scott is getting into the race. Scott, the only black Republican in the US Senate plans to test a message focused on unity and optimism in order to win the Republican primary. Sir, have you looked at the colleagues you work with lately? You do realize you're the only black Republican in the entire damn country in the US Senate. And you want to have a message of unity, sir. Lastly, a judge in Georgia says, yes, some of the special purpose grand jury information will come out. Uh, a Georgia ju judge on Monday ordered the release of parts of the special grand jury's report on efforts by former President Donald Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 presidential election. But said that most of the report will remain under wraps for now. So let me just explain what will come out. So this Thursday, you will get the introduction, you will get some conclusions, uh, and you may even get some commentary that says, hey, these cats were lying to us when they testified under oath. You are likely not to get a lot of information about who should be indicted. In the state of Georgia, the Constitution provides that a special use or special purpose grand jury has significant power. It has subpoena power, it has a 12-month 12, 12 investigative. Um, stint and it has the ability to basically investigate whatever they choose to. They do not have to stay within what's called a target line. But with that amazing power, they have an amazing drawback. They are unable by law to actually indict. They can only make recommendations to the new grand jury, which must be convened. That new grand jury will then consider the evidence of the special purpose grand jury but that new grand jury will have the authority to indict. All right, a lot of stuff here. Sharon, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, let, let's start with both uh, would-be candidates. I guess Senator Scott's not quite there, Dr. Ritchie. Um, neither one of them knows where they come from, what they stand for, who they are even. And Senator Scott's campaign message heading into this presidential contest. I don't know that he'll even make it to the first debate. It sounds more like it's coming from a bubblegum machine. Yes. Nikki Haley is irrelevant, which is why she is running. And I believe probably just wants to write a book, get increased speaking fees, and then perhaps she'll go on her way. But every time you flash her picture, I get this bland taste in my mm. mouth. I can't only, you know, one of those power drinks is yeah. the only thing that like washes it away. It's very bland. And I think that she should just sit down. Yeah, and she may have some other um, pivot in the Republican Party, even if she's not successful. And I think that may be why Trump and a few others will try to play nice. I don't think a Republican is going to pick a male uh, if a male becomes the nominee. I don't think that will happen. We shall see if my prediction is right. Once again, Cops being brutal against black children. This is in Las Vegas. Here's the video. 
Put up the pictures full mass and I will explain to you what you just saw, okay? There is currently an investigation underway after cops in Las Vegas were caught on video arresting a group of black high school students. The officers throw the students down right next to a police vehicle. Engage in a move that many have deemed to be against policy in their police department. They decided to do it to a child. Following the incident going viral, the Clark County School District is now investigating this disturbing video that occurred outside Durango High School. These are children. Let me give you background to the incident. Sources tell 13 investigates. It happened just after school let out on a Thursday. As students were walking toward a nearby fast food restaurant where they often go after school. This is normative for them. School police say the incident stemmed from an investigation into a report of a gun near the school. Let's put up the superintendent. This is the superintendent of schools. His name is Dr. Jesus Hara. He issued a statement that said in part, and I quote, upon viewing the video involving school police and juveniles near a CCSD campus, we are concerned with how one of our students was treated. As with any situation, an investigation will occur to understand all the facts and hold people accountable for their actions. Keep him up. I actually like his statement. Not as strong as my statement would have been, but damn it, it is a contrast to the former statements from superintendents at large. He actually said, We have a problem with how the police treated one of our students. The superintendent has also said that he has spoken with. And is directing Clark County School District Chief of Police. Let's put him up. His name is Mike Blackeye to conduct a complete review of the department's use of force policy and protocols. All right, moving in the right direction. Yes, still not as strong as I would have liked it to be. But once again, let's talk about the reality of police officers knowing these are children. These are children coming from school. They decide to treat them like criminal and criminal adults at that, like criminals and criminal adults, because why? They don't value them as children. They don't look at them as kids. That's not the way to investigate a potential gun situation. Come on, this whole narrative about the why, I believe is completely fabricated. We have seen this many times before. Once the police report is filed, they will utilize whatever they can in order to justify the interaction. Did that look like an investigation to you? Did they find a gun on one of the children? All right, Sharon, thoughts here. Well, I think Dr. Ritchie, and perhaps we need to learn more, like perhaps the, these children did something worse than allegedly being associated with a gun. Maybe they looked a white person in the eye or something. Mm. I, you know, it could have been something far more offensive criminality 
Um, that's really where we're going in this country or where we've never left. It's disgusting. I don't think they need to look at policies and protocols. Stop assaulting black kids, okay? It's just stop assaulting black kids and breaking the law, that's all. That's it, and you don't train yourself out of that. If you don't have enough common sense to know, this is not a proper procedure for children. Then there's no training that can help you. You do not deserve a second chance. These are our youth and we have to be very decisive about protocol. Indisputable exclusive, man goes into a bank to withdraw his own money ends up getting a criminal trespass in the process and losing the deal he was trying to close. Let me take you to the first video, here it is. The paper that you that you uh -huh. gave me, it matches um, him and everything, the picture and everything. But uh, like I said, I you know, it's all how y'all wanted to handle it and everything. Uh, but uh, you know, y'all don't wanna handle this. Let me, let me go get my manager. Okay. I wasn't here today, so I don't know mm -hmm. what what really went on. But if it's the Aussie um, stuff changed, you know you're supposed to call and change it. Because we don't know if that's mm -hmm. even or not. We just go out with what we have. So um, it's all up there, how y'all want, want to do it uh, as far as that goes. All right. So um, thank you for, for all of that. I don't know if they told you the whole problem. I'm going to take it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she told me. Okay. Um. Though, I mean, who did someone follow that, or you just you just decide to do that? Do it on on what happened. Do it the restraining order. No, no. Um, I talked to the gentleman out there. He said, "Oh, yeah, criminal trespass." I asked him did he wanted to. So, I mean, I criminal trespass him from here since he. He said he told you to criminal trespass. No, no one of your workers out there. Oh, the workers. Yeah. Okay. Um, We're so not supposed to do that, but you did what you did. I ain't gonna say that. No, I, I no, I ain't criminal trust. I, I, you know, I didn't. All right, let me help you understand what's happening. I got more video. Uh, there's a building contractor. Uh, his name is Philip Barnett. Mr. Barnett went to a bank. He's a contractor. He needed his money. Got plenty of money in the bank. Went to withdraw, and they said, "Um, this isn't you." He said, "Wait a minute, this is my ID. It is me." Police come, police say, hey, we're gonna criminally trespass your customer. This is at BB&T Bank, Douglas, Georgia. Let's go to the second video, here it is. Hey, what's going on? I'm gonna fill out a report. Yesterday I went into BB&T to get the earnest money for a property I'm about to purchase. The girl inside looks at the computer and sees ID number doesn't match the whole ID. Mm -hmm. So I said, everybody loses their ID every day. Is that a valid ID? She's like, wait a minute, let me go and speak to my manager. Now, I've been with them since 09. Got my mortgage inside. My wife calls because we on a deadline. It's like four, it's like 3 30. So I'm like, all right. I knock on the door because my wife finished speaking to them. I was like, listen, forget the letter of explanation for the money that we have. I just need the earnest money, $5,000, mm -hmm. cashier's check. So she's like, I'm not gonna do it. So hold on. All right, I got a third video, here it is. Hey, what's going on with this, this guy at this BB&T bank? He called now, I wanna make a report. 
identify you as law enforcement officer. I cannot probably identify you just by this idea alone. You know, you know how this scam is going, man. Right. And so I told him. So he got the checks at the checks at bank from Bank of America, and he trying to cash it here at BBNT. Yeah, at BBNT. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was that. So what happened then? So then, um, he said, well, I want to file a report for economic, for economic, um. Man, he had his damn mind. Yeah, he said, I want to file a report for economic, uh, terrorism. I said, economic terrorism? I said, well, I'm not doing that. You know, what's the name of badge number? I said, Calhoun badge number 115. All right, Calhoun badge number 115. Thank you for that identifying information. Helped us a lot in our investigative background. Please put up the picture of the couple, all right? Keep that picture up. The man is a building contractor from the state of Georgia, as I mentioned. He said he had been with BB&T Bank for more than a decade. This actually occurred in 2021. This is the first time that the video is being available to the public. He tried to explain the error to Douglas County Sheriff's deputy, name is Mac. His newer ID had a different number from his old driver's license, but the ID was valid. The man even had his wife on the phone at another BB&T branch to verify his ID. But the bank refused to issue a cashier's check and the deputies laughed at him when he wanted to file a criminal complaint or simply a police report, okay? So you got Philip and you got Cynthia. Philip, building contractor, does remodeling for the Federal Reserve Bank, that's what he does. Stadiums and other large projects that require a pristine criminal background, no blemishes. Philip said directly to us and I quote, you've heard of banking while black and people are afraid of speaking out because they're afraid of being blackballed. But I have my own money, so I'm never going to stop speaking out, he says. Since the bank trespassed him in 2021, he says he's lost out on many valuable contracts due to his tarnished record and security clearance. He showed indisputable a bank statement, let's put it up. All right, he showed his bank statements. He has well over $100,000 in his account. There is a police report filed by deputy Mac, all right? The report states Barnett got upset and caused the scene. Mm. The money was for a real estate plan that Barnett had worked on for two years. We have the real estate plan, let's put it up. All right, Barnett says his failure to access his money cost him hundreds of thousands. He showed us documents to prove he was trying to develop black businesses in a part of Georgia that currently is considered a food desert. That is what he was aiming to do. Yesterday, Mr. Barnett, let's put it up. He filed a complaint with the Douglas County Sheriff's Office about his treatment by deputies Calhoun and Mack. There is the police report. Now, just a few minutes ago, the sheriff, Tim Pounds, and I know Tim. Uh, let's put it, put him up. Uh, Tim, you need to get it together, brother. Your deputies 
One, were unprofessional. Number two, should have at least allowed the man to file the report. And three, understood this brother has done nothing to be criminally trespassed from a facility. It's his own money. So Tim Pounds is the sheriff, buck stops with him. A representative of Truist did not respond to our phone call or email yet. However, Captain Trent Wilson of the Douglas County Sheriff's Office did respond. He said, Georgia does not have a state law for economic terrorism, as Barnett complained. So the deputies had nothing to file. Wilson says the deputies, and I quote, did their job. Uh, Correct, but that's a charge, dear sir. There is no such charge as economic terrorism in state law. You can still file a police report for adverse contact or interaction that you would like to document for the record. You see, your officer could have informed him of that. And instead of you saying the truth, you decided to say, ah, there's no such charge as economic terrorism. Sir, the community or a citizen or even non-citizen, they do not need to know the exact name of the statutory charge. They just need you to give them the damn sheet of paper to file a report. All right, we're gonna continue to follow this, see what the outcome is. Sharon, thoughts on this. Was it part of the deputy's job to be cackling like hyenas Mm. when he said he wanted to file a police report? What were they laughing at? What was so funny? The bank temporarily, I guess, stole his money and then stole his opportunity. Okay, the man did nothing but want to work and be productive unless I missed it. I thought I was listening, Dr. Ritchie. I didn't hear you say anything about him saying, hey, this is a holdup or going and asking for a handout. Was he doing that? I don't think so. That's right. It's reprehensible. Really insane. Everyone should understand any level level of frustration from a person who cannot get their own money from their own bank. Anyone should understand that. Even if the police could not do anything about that, they don't have to make his life worse. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, 21 years of age, TYT today, all right? My Valentine's Day will be spent with you, okay? Celebrating 21 years of driving positive change with us on TYT's 21st anniversary special. Join Jank, Anna, John, JR, Senator Turner, me, Michael Shore, and David Collar. We got 8 p.m. Eastern time, what time? 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific time, right? TYT.com forward slash live or on YouTube. Make sure you join us. I'll be right here, all right? Also, a lot of comments, kind of pressure time, we'll read as many as I can. Um, Stop Dragon says, white man raised under the lost cause in Virginia here. It is absolutely not heritage but racism. Too many white people in the South fear the personal reckoning that comes with that acknowledgement. Agreed. James Thompson, member for seven months, thank you for that. Towns may have been better in the 60s. Peace out. Uh, Dark Angel three, thank you for that. Cheers for indisputable, we appreciate you. Thank you for the support. Uh, David Morris says, Sharon, it's been too long. Okay, it hasn't, but feels like it though. And Shiva Mahadev says, Sharon makes me blush because she is such a beautiful 
an intelligent sister. You ain't never lied. Soul Life, five indisputable gifting memberships. Thank you so much for that and the support. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're I feel free. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Nightmare scenario. She lies and says some black man assaulted me. He punched me. I need the police. Weaponizing her whiteness, weaponizing her tears. And you know what else this does? And I got more video, by the way. You know what else this does? For those who are actual victims of assault, for those who are actual victims of crime, people like that create a dysfunction in the narrative. That should not be. This is why it is imperative for law enforcement agencies to enforce the statute called filing a false police report. You have to charge people in order to stop this kind of action. Now, some jurisdictions are passing what we deem as anti Karen laws when a person weaponizes their tears and their whiteness in order to get someone else in trouble. There's more video, here it is. He's waiting, please send the police for the black man that punched me. It is head to a There is a Corolla something here. This something is a Prius. That was just a random ass anti-Karen who saw what was going down and was like, get the out of my neighborhood. Why? Because she was hurling the N-word. She was obviously hyper aggressive. And naturally, the only person we saw committing a crime was who? Her. We don't have a lot of details about this incident. I would like to know exactly what the conclusion was. So if the person involved could possibly get in touch with Indisputable, we would appreciate it. Uh, but thank you for providing. Um, the information online and thank you also for protecting yourself. Uh, this is a lesson to many 
that possibly if you didn't have this video, a cop, maybe even a judge would have believed her narrative against you. Sharon thoughts here. I want an orange jumpsuit, Dr. Ritchie doing hard time, I'm very serious. Mm. She deserves to do hard time. It is the only way to stop these belligerent, nasty Karens. And I would like for these anti Karens to get recognition, rewards. Maybe an award from you is enough for them. Mm. I don't know that they do it to be recognized, but boy, we, we sure do appreciate you and we need to see more. That's a great idea. I'm writing it down because we are going huh. to give out anti Karenicity awards. Love it. Right here at Indisputable. Listen, this is what we do, Sharon. We try to be the first. We're pioneers here. You okay. <laughs> All right. We got. Special. Yeah, very special. Charged with fraud, working at Whole Foods while supposedly working as a cop. I'll put the picture up for a mass here. It's a damn shame. Uh, Medgar Webster Sr., the former DC Police Union Vice Chairman, was charged with felony fraud for allegedly working at Whole Foods while on duty for the Metropolitan Police Department. If convicted, Officer Webster could face fines and a penalty, 10 years in prison, roughly $25,000 in fines. Now naturally, this is taxpayer money. If the individual who is sworn to protect and serve is not, that is a problem for the local community. But please understand, his position or former position as a union boss for the police means what? It means a whole lot of spin, a lot of cover up typically, and a lot of lies usually in the protection of police. So if he is aware of what cops get away with, why would he not? Think this is a privilege afforded to him. He's a union boss working at Whole Foods. All right, uh, from January 2021, here's your background. To April 2022, Officer Webster worked at three Whole Foods locations. According to an arrest affidavit, for more than a third of the time, Webster worked at Whole Foods, 485 hours total. He was also on shift for MPD, Metropolitan Police. During this time, MPD paid Webster $33,845, including $17,407 in overtime. The police department requires all members to submit administrative forms requesting authorization to work outside of the department. This is normative, pretty much every agency has something like this. During the course of the investigation, court documents say Webster confirmed he did not have authorization nor the required forms on file to work at the Whole Foods. Now that is just a policy violation, all right? But it gets deeper. Webster was investigated in April. Why? Allegations of sexual abuse at one of the Whole Foods locations, after which his police powers were suspended 
and he was put on what's called non-contact status. As the report says of April 2022, a person reported to the police that Officer Webster engaged in unwanted sexual contact with her at a Whole Foods market on H Street Southeast. Police classified the alleged incident as a misdemeanor sexual abuse. Wow. All right. Uh, once again, Another person holding other people accountable, getting paid to do so, refuses to embrace accountability himself. That is the allegation here. That is the allegation. I do find it ironic that his side gig is what got him in trouble. The sexual assault allegation came from his side gig at Whole Foods. So if he did not have that side job, he may still have his primary job, uh, but the money. Let's be very clear about this. It was about money, money. When you look at all of the hours, all of the overtime and all of the confirmed hours he worked, it was about amassing, a much, amassing as much money as possible. And he did, and he did it for a long time. This investigation is what landed him in trouble and started the genesis of what was required to uncover what he was doing. And I'm going to say this also because they're going to throw him under the bus. Uh, I don't believe they were unaware that he worked at Whole Foods. I don't believe that at all. Now, typically there's a culture that says we will wink and nod at the fact that you do work at Whole Foods. We will wink and nod at the fact that you did not the proper paperwork. But hey, you're a union boss. So we scratch your back, you scratch out. See how that works? Sharing thoughts here. Well, side gig, you called it, Dr. Richie, side gig, side piece. Whole Foods mm -hmm. was a side piece. They both get you in trouble, okay? Yeah, he was right. double dipping, <laughs> stolen funds. And then there's this nasty allegation. Okay, misdemeanor sexual, I don't know what it is, but apparently he has a fetish for more than organic food and yeah. he ought to get everything coming his way and no more protection. There you go. All right, we will update as it develops. Man froze to death, mentally ill, put up the pictures. Oh, one of the worst stories you'll hear. According to the lawsuit, a mentally ill, incarcerated individual froze to death in an Alabama jail. 33 years of age. His name was Anthony Mitchell. Anthony Mitchell alarmed his cousin when he showed up at his house on January 13th. Haggard and emaciated. It was a little out of it, okay? Mitchell was acting unstable, he says, insisting he must enter a portal to hell in his mother's attic to retrieve the body of his long ago stillborn brother. He's having a tough time. After 911 call, Mitchell was picked up 
by the Walker County Sheriff's deputies who claimed he fired a gun at them and ran into the woods. Mitchell, who had a history of addiction, spiraled out of control in the months after his father's death, taking drugs again and experiencing mental health problems. The sheriff's office spokesperson, according to the lawsuit, told the family they'd get him medical help in Walker County Jail. Instead, what happened? Guards tased him. They tased Mitchell. They locked him up in a freezer, killing him. The suit alleges. The suit filed Monday also contends jail leadership began a cover up of Mitchell's death hours, hours before he died. This case, the suit says, therefore presents an appalling question. How does a man literally freeze to death while being incarcerated in a modern climate controlled jail? In the custody and care of correction officers. The lawsuit alleges the abuse and medical neglect Mitchell experienced at the hands of Sheriff Nick Smith and 13 staff members at the county jail, including corrections officers, nurses, and an investigator, was filed Monday in federal court in the Northern District of Alabama by Margaret Mitchell, who is Mitchell's mother and the administrator of his estate. A former deputy also filed a separate but related lawsuit on Monday in federal court in Alabama's Northern District. Former corrections officer Karen Kelly sued the Walker County Sheriff's Office and multiple cops for being fired and or for retaliation after she shared videos of Mitchell's family of him being abused in the jail. So you have a righteous actor, somebody that could not deal with the corruption. She literally becomes a whistleblower, advocates for justice. She gets retaliated against, put up the picture. The suit says that Mitchell was put in isolation, not meant to hold inmates. What in the hell does that mean? Isolation, not meant to hold inmates is what she said. In the booking area of the Walker County Jail where he was left, for most of the 14 days before his death and not given medical treatment. The room had cement floors with a drain, but no bed and no toilet. He was left naked, possibly, possibly because of the jails and I quote, suicide watch policy. He was taken to the hospital. Jail incident reports from January 26, viewed by Kelly. States, two officers, Braxton Key and Jacob Smith, found Mitchell unresponsive at feeding time around 4 a.m. The family's suit alleges he had been left for hours in a restraint chair in a jail freezer before the officers found him. The jail kitchen typically opens at 3 a.m., and Mitchell was not taken to the hospital until 8.30 a.m. Let's put up the steel shots that we have. Look at that. At 8.30 a.m., officers removed Mr. Mitchell from his cell into a wheelchair, which he fell out of. His body made slow and spasmodic movements 
Let's go to the next. Four deputies then carried Mitchell out to an SUV. They placed him on the ground, allowing his head to rest on the concrete. In the video, he, he appeared unconscious. Officers then lifted him into the vehicle and drove him to the medical center. By the time they reached the hospital, Mitchell was breathing with difficulty. And deputies did not tell hospital staff Mitchell had been put in a damn freezer. Mitchell was cold to the touch when he arrived to the ER. Learning that Tony was hypothermic caused physicians to immediately change their course of treatment. As the measures they had initially employed were inappropriate to resuscitate a person who is severely hypothermic. The suit stated after three hours of trying to save Mitchell, he was pronounced dead at 1.15 PM. Basically the family is saying, listen, if you would have told the truth upon arrival, the medical staff could have tried to actually help him based on that information and it may have worked. Put up the picture of the sheriff. That's old Nick Smith, all right? Nick here and communications officer TJ Armstrong gave a statement after CBS 42 reported on the family story saying, and I quote, the inmate was alert and conscious when he left the facility and arrived at the hospital, damn lie. Damn lie, we have the video to prove it. The Alabama Enforcement Agency is now investigating the death. Additional abusive behavior sheriff at your facility. What you looking at? You're looking at jail staff. This was captured on security video. Guards dragging Mitchell out of a shower room as he lied naked on the ground. That's abuse. Next picture. January 15th, two days after he was taken to the jail, shows him being tased naked by a group of officers in the doorway of his isolation cell. Next picture. Mitchell relied on false teeth after years of drug use and lost his teeth as he was tased. Officers confiscated them. So an already out of it, Mitchell was unable to chew food and went days without eating. The teeth were returned to Mitchell's mother after they killed him. Let me say this, Sheriff, and to your deputies. None of you are real. Men, you're cowards. I tell your mama you're a coward. You take a mentally ill individual who really just needs help. You told the family you were going to provide help. They believed you. You tortured them. You tortured him. Now, I don't think you all believed he would die. You're just depraved and evil. You cannot see the end of the beginning of your evil. It just plays out as it does. I don't believe this was the first man you have tortured in this way. I think there are many more. So what I have done, gentlemen, is I have forwarded this story directly to Senator John Ossoff, who's in charge of the permanent subcommittee on investigations for the US Senate. 
I will expect a response from his office in the next few days. Shame on every single one of you. Sharing thoughts here. Senator Ossoff, I believe, will respond, and I hope that it is with power and swiftness, Dr. Ritchie. These are sick, pathetic demons. Yeah. Sick, pathetic demons who work in concert. You're right, okay? I think you're a genius, but you don't have to be to know that it's, it wasn't their first time doing this kind of filth. They yeah. cannot, they cannot exist among the rest of us, they've got to be neutralized in some way. With, you know, there was one cop, one sheriff right here in Georgia. He saw a deputy commit a crime. He arrested that deputy within hours, put that deputy basically in the, in the same cell that he was regulating as an officer hours before. That's called justice. That's how you do it. And that's how you transform a culture of corruption like this. You hold people accountable. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Press for time, cannot read them all. I appreciate every single one of you. All right. Okay. Ali Christopher, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you for that. Uh, C. Michael Henson, member for seven months. Thank you, C. Michael. Says, the 911 operator should be able to see through the Karen's lies when she led off with, a black man punched me. Someone needs to sponsor the Teal Act. There you go. I agree. All right. Very sad situation. The police covering up the murder of a 16 year old child. Uh, put the pictures up full mass. Okay. You have a Doraville officer. Miles Bryan, this is Doraville, Georgia, in a place called Gwinnett County. He has been arrested in connection to a 16 year old right there. Her name was Susanna Morales. She died according to the Gwinnett Police Department. He was arrested while off duty. A release statement said Bryant is being charged with concealing the death of another and false report of a crime. Bryant is being held at the Gwinnett County Detention Center without bond. Let me give you the background. Last week, Susanna Morales remains were found near the Gwinnett Barrow County line. She had been missing for more than six months. She had initially been reported missing on July 26, 2022. During the course of the investigation, Detectives developed enough probable cause to arrest him, talking about Officer Bryant, to arrest him today. But the investigation is still ongoing and fairly new. If there's further charges in the future, those will be known. The Gwinnett County Police Department said its detectives continue to investigate the death of Morales. Officer Valley added that the medical examiner is in the process of reviewing the cause of death. At this time, there's no known relationship between them, talking about Bryant and Morales. Uh, so the spokesperson said, uh, according to the spokesperson, Jasmine Susan Morales' sister said she was laid to rest Monday. They're angry, they are saddened to hear that a police officer is charged in connection to her death. I'm completely shocked, honestly. I have no words. I didn't expect it. We didn't expect it. We didn't know what to expect, but an officer 
was probably the least on my mind of theories, Jasmine said. Susanna's family said they don't believe the former officer and team previously knew each other. I want to know everything, honestly, Jasmine said. That's what we're waiting for, for all the truth to come to light, to piece everything together and get the closure we've been wanting for so long. Now the family is focusing on how they want Susanna to be remembered. I want her to be remembered for her kind soul. I want her to be remembered that she was sweet and nice. Jasmine said, Jasmine has a strong message for the former officer Bryant. He doesn't know what's coming for him, Jasmine said. I promise that everything comes to play and we'll know everything soon. Everybody is going to get what they deserve at the end of the day. And if it's not here, It'll be up there. Yeah, all right, there you go. Now, the police involved in a cover up according to the evidence that they were able to collect, covering up the death of a 16 year old child. I have to remind everybody, police don't become criminals because they are the police. They are criminals before becoming the police. If you are a criminal, the absolute best job you can have is being the police. They don't create criminals, ladies and gentlemen. The industry does not create criminals, it attracts them. That's why Ithaca, New York said, we decided to do an exhaustive psychological evaluation of everybody that passed the academy. Everybody that went through basic training. And when we did this, noting that basically 100% of these cats will become cops. Once we did the psychological evaluation at the end of this, 75% did not pass. What does that tell you? That tells you based on the microcosm of that data that likely seven to eight out of every 10 cops you will encounter should not be a cop. Share thoughts here. It's also why you don't hand them a, a policy book or revise a policy book and protocols and then hand it to criminals and expect them to not behave like criminals. If they can't, you're right. They're inherently not good people. And you give them a gun and a badge. It's very stupid and it's yeah. sick. And this girl's family deserves everything has to come into the light, Dr. Ritchie. It has to, and if we are going to be serious about police reform, let's start with things that do not require a new law. Let's start with a psychological, exhaustive psychological evaluation as they did in Ithaca, New York. Let's start with six months to one year mandatory psychological evaluations ongoing because the cop you hired on day one may not be the same cop on day 365. And if we are serious about protecting communities, we will be serious about policies like that. All right, 
anti-Karens unite. You screaming at employees you thought it was going to go down one way. You drove your happy ass all the way to that restaurant and you met an anti-Karen. Uh, put up the picture full mass here, okay? Uh, he's right, madam. You don't just talk to people any kind of way. Just because the man is taking your order does not mean he is less than you, does not mean he is beneath you. And when you came up there with that energy, he did exactly what I would have done. He gave you the same energy you gave him. Now I know a lot of people say, you know, doc, you gotta take the high road, that's fine. I don't take the high road. I take the same damn road you came traveling on. We're gonna figure out exactly which road would get us there. People that work in restaurant service industries, special people. It's the hardest job I've ever had. I've worked in multiple fast food chains. Difficult work, I've waited tables, washed dishes, Fry cook, the whole nine. It's a difficult job. It's constant. You stay on your feet the entire time. It is the hardest work you would do. The least you can do is give them a smile. Allow them to make a mistake because we all do. Be gracious rather than a jerk. All right, sharing thoughts here. I love it, okay. And the reason you you travel that same highway is because it's recently open. You That's you right. know it's gonna get you from point A to point B. It's open, wide open, and so sky's the limit. And this has to happen more often. And maybe some of these people will get it. Yeah, I mean, she drove all the way there mm -hmm. to do that, come on. <laughs> we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Lynn says, is Mickey here to remind Dr. Richie that it's Utica, New York and not Ithaca, LOL. It actually is Ithaca, New York. We've had the mayor on the program before I talked to him quite often off record. But it looks as if Utica also has implemented or at least proposes to implement a similar type of program with an exhaustive mental health evaluation. Um, so we're both kind of right, all right? But yeah, it is Ithaca, New York that enacted the, set, the um, evaluation that led to 75% not being allowed to police. C. Michael Henson, thank you for this, C. Michael. These Karens just need to learn how to cook and enjoy it. <laughs> Save the sanity of our service workers. This man said cook and enjoy it, all right. Butters, food service is rough. I'm glad I was able to get out of it, but I do miss the work though. I miss some of the aspects of it, to be honest. Ali Christopher, welcome to Indisputable, thank you so much. Uh, I think this is Miss V Lewis, thank you so much. Welcome to Indisputable. 
Um, see Michael once again, seven months, and we have Nikki Catriol. Welcome to Indisputable. We appreciate you very much. All right. Okay. President Biden and team, they are trying to figure out what to do with UFOs. Different methodologies exist here. Okay. And I have my conclusion as well. Uh, let's go ahead and put up uh, Department of Defense guy here. Uh, so the White House National Security Council coordinator, John Kirby, said Monday, after days of tracking and shooting down unidentified objects over North America, President Biden directed an interagency team to be established to study the broader policy implications for detection, analysis, disposition of unidentified aerial objects that pose either safety or security risk. This is coming from the same guys that had a problem with a Chinese air balloon, okay? You really think you're ready to tackle the aliens here? All right, um, Biden will coordinate with a team through the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan. Does he look like he's ready to take on aliens? I don't think so. With the aim of determining how the US should respond. All right, um, I have an idea for all of you. Leave the aliens the alone because obviously you're incapable of doing anything with them if they exist. Uh, and President Obama kind of said, yeah, it's something out there. We don't know exactly what it is. Fascinating interview, you got to see it sometimes. A Chinese spy balloon and three objects. You got to get the background of this. Three objects have now been shot down just this month, just this month. Raising questions about the US and their policy, how their policy should deal with particular objects that are detected if they don't appear to pose a threat to civilians. The Pentagon said it had concerns that at least one of the objects had potential surveillance capabilities, but it's unclear what the object's purposes were. Efforts are ongoing to recover debris, to uncover what their capabilities are, Kirby said. It has been difficult to find the debris. However, since some objects were shot down over remote terrain or ice, he said, the US is continuing to monitor for more objects. But as of Monday afternoon, there are no active tracks, Kirby said. Uh, the other three objects, so uh, an as yet unidentified object was shot down over Michigan's Lake Huron. This was Sunday afternoon, the third over three consecutive days. A US jet shot down a flying object over Canada Saturday. And on Friday, a US fighter brought down another over Alaska. It took two attempts to bring down the UFO intercepted by an F-16 in the skies over Michigan on Sunday after the jet's first missile missed its target according to reports. The first sidewinder heat seeking missile missed the target. And that's not easy to do. These things are pretty accurate, all right? One unnamed official told Fox News. The octagonal, now hear me out. They are saying the damn thing is shaped like an octagon flying in the air. They brought it down over Lake Huron. On Monday, defense officials apparently still did not know what the object was. 
instead justifying the shooting because the object's path and altitude raised concerns, including that it could be a hazard to civil aviation. Meanwhile, let's put them up, Marco Rubio. These recent UFOs had Senator Marco Rubio saying, UFOs have, and I quote, routinely operated over restricted US airspace for years. Damn it, Rubio, I need you to start a UFO investigation, okay? Rubio tweeted on Sunday, the last 72 hours revealed to the public what has been happening for years. Unidentified aircraft routinely operating over restricted US airspace. This is why I pushed to take this seriously and created a permanent UAP task force two years ago. Unidentified aerial phenomenon is what politicians say, what they really want to say, UFOs and aliens. Rubio is the vice chairman of the US Senate Select Committee on Intelligence and has long pushed for a destigmatization on UFO reporting. US systems often encounter unexplained anomalous phenomena, he said. As the government calls such such objects such objects, uh, and have identified some of these objects, mostly foreign intelligence gathering or human-made trash. But there are some, we have no idea exactly what it is, nor can we duplicate the capabilities. Uh, first of all, if anybody's going to figure out, it won't be those guys, I promise you that, okay? Sharon, I concluded a long time ago that if the aliens are real, they do not mean us any good. And I will tell you why. They decided not to abduct Donald Trump. Yes, and they're no damn good, okay? No good. Not a bit. I would say that that the Democrats and the Republicans on Capitol Hill, Dr. Richie, need to have emergency hearings, but they don't. Don't spend a dime. Call Elon Musk on a party line and he can educate you. He said he's an alien trying to get back home. So you need to stop shooting down his return transportation. That's what it stop is. Stop shooting it down. Ask I'm Elon ready. Musk, okay? Yeah, all right. We got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Reminder, happy Valentine's Day for those who celebrate the occasion. Um, you are my date, all right? I will be with you tonight. Make sure you join us live, all right? 21st anniversary, TYT, we're old enough to drink now. Been drinking already though, kind of breaking the law. But if you would like a great time this evening, make sure you tune in for the anniversary. Special, real simple, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on tyt.com forward slash live or join us at YouTube, all right? All right, let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, 32 Antoine, thank you for this. I don't think those UFOs were aliens. It's probably somebody at home playing games with the government, putting stuff in the sky for a reaction. <laughs> Who knows, man, all right? They can't handle that either. All right, very sad reality, not only in this country, but permeates throughout the planet. 
The fact that we don't value humanity like we should. Now there are people who may disagree with my opinion. There are people who would disagree with my conclusions. There are people who will even disagree with facts. But we should never disagree that a human being should be belittled. We should never think that's okay. We should never other those who are simply living, not harming anybody, but we do. Trans teens are murdered at alarming rates. And it's not only the murders, it's who they are murdered by. Sometimes they're killed by their own parents. Put up this picture. In the UK, a trans girl, 16 years of age, Brianna Gay, was stabbed to death on Sunday. Her body was found dead in a park in Warrington, England. Police said they have arrested two teenagers, both 15 years old, on suspicion of murder. Brianna's death is simply one of many in the trans teen community that has garnered attention recently. But there are more, put up the next one. In May of last year, Hampton, Virginia, a transgender girl, Ariana Mitchell, 17 years of age, her life ended violently at a party when the accused killer asked her if she was a boy or a girl before shooting her. She is a human being. She is a human being. That's the only question that should have ever been posed, if any. We understand humanity in such ridiculous ways, many of us. These are special moments. Life is something sacred. In March of last year in Georgia, 19 years of age, her name was Catherine Newhouse, was shot dead by her own father, Howard Newhouse, who went on to take his own life in 2019. Authorities accused the father of holding Catherine down on the bed by her throat, but the misdemeanor charge was resolved before trial. In 2021 in Pennsylvania. Priscilla Ann Bright fatally shot her children, 16-year-old Jeffrey J.J. Bright and 22-year-old Jasmine Kennedy. J.J. was a transgender boy and Jasmine was non-binary. In the U.S. alone, four trans women have been murdered this year. 26-year-old Zaki Imani Titov in Louisiana, 22, Unique Banks in Chicago, 27. Years of age, Casey Johnson in North Carolina, 36 year old Jasmine Star Mac in DC, dead. Trans victims many times know their killers. A report by the HRC Foundation An epidemic of violence, fatal violence against transgender and gender non conforming people in the United States in 2022 found that between 2013 and 2022, approximately one third. 29% of transgender and gender non-conforming people 
with known killers had their lives taken by an acquaintance, friend, family member, or intimate partner. Intimate partners specifically accounted for one in five, 19% of all known perpetrators. And it is likely this may even be an undercount. To date, the relationship of the victim to the killer is still unknown for a plurality of 44% of all identified cases of fatal violence. Now, let me say this. This is partly due to our adherence to a religious doctrine that denies the humanity of another person. Whatever you may disagree with, there is nothing that should cause you to devalue the soul of another person. These are people, these are people. And if we don't get outraged over this kind of senseless killing because of something you may not understand or something you may disagree with, please understand it is not required on this journey for everyone to think like you or be like you. We all have our own experiences. These people are dead because of intolerance, bigotry. Racism, bigotry is a killer. And this is what you see. So I ask of you, be part of the dynamic solution. Look at it with a different overview. It does not require your adherence to a particular lifestyle or even belief thereof. But damn it, we can all agree that people do not deserve to die because they are different from you. Sharing thoughts here. I have nothing to add, but really a punctuation mark, Dr. Ritchie, you're exactly right. Can't you just keep it simple? Can't we just extend a hand and, and be empathetic to one another? Just that. That's it. It's, it takes actually less energy to just try to understand. Sharon, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people they can follow you and check out your great work. At Sharon Reed Live across all platforms, Rebel HQ. Um, I appreciate you more, Doc. I appreciate you. All right. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.